Welcome to Founder Views. My name is Costa. I'm your host and co-founder of Web for Realty, a SaaS company that I bootstrapped out of my parents' basement with no money and no tech experience into a fully remote company doing seven figures in ARR. I'm taking you through my SaaS journey in real time as I talk about business situations I'm going through, thinking about, or just find interesting. My purpose is not to give you the answers, but to spark something in your mind that can help improve your business along the way. Being able to communicate with your customers in the right way and at the right moment are how the best SaaS companies improve customer experience, decrease churn, and increase their revenue. My friends at Customerly have created an affordable solution to let you have full control of your customer service, automate your onboarding process, and create genuine and lasting relationships with your clients. Now, I already mentioned it's super affordable, but I was able to do even better for my listeners. If you go to customerly.io and use Founder Views, you'll get 20% off any plan of your choice. That's customerly.io. Use code FOUNDERVIEWS at checkout and get 20% off any plan. Make the move today. Trust me, you won't regret it. All right, Eugene, thank you so much for joining me on the Founder Views podcast. Uh, really excited for you to be here. Likewise, it's great to be here. Um, hope hope we will have great conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we will. I'm sure we will. So, uh, Eugene, you're the Chief Strategy Officer at SEM Rush, correct? Correct. Yep. Yeah. Uh, do you mind just kicking things off uh, by just telling us a bit about yourself, your background, and what exactly SEM Rush does? So, you know, my personal background, mostly in venture capital, used to be partner in two firms, um, you know, did everything from seed stage to early, uh, early stage and late stage. Uh, my last firm was mostly late stage focused, uh, mostly consumer internet and marketplaces. And uh, in general, at some point, we felt that a lot of companies in this area are overpriced was, you know, time when Uber was raising at, at ridiculous multiples and so on. So, so everything seemed overpriced. And uh, at the same time, I noticed that SaaS companies are probably uh, underappreciated. They were trading at lowest multiples in history. Uh, in general, idea was that SaaS should not be valued, you know, higher than classic uh, enterprise software companies, which is, which is wrong approach. But anyway, that was the idea at that point. And um, I started looking at different SaaS companies. And the big idea was that we should look only at companies that we actually understand. Uh, because, you know, we were coming from consumer internet space where everything you invest, you can be, you know, potentially customers. So you understand it from customer perspective. So we wanted to have the same thing in SaaS. So we wanted to look only at companies that we actually used. And, um, you know, we looked at companies like Dropbox, uh, Zoom, and uh, one of the companies that, that I was using personally, one of the software that I was using personally was SEM Rush. I was using it mostly for due diligence, uh, but before that, I also used SEM Rush uh, as a marketer, like before before I started uh, investing. So, so I knew that software is really good, 
Uh, and I knew founders for a couple of years at that point. So I reached out to them. Um, they, they never raised money. They didn't want to raise money. Um, so they didn't have this kind of classic pitch deck. And uh, we had to, to, to make all those materials uh, for me to just be able to, uh, you know, make any sort of conclusion. Once we got all those materials, I was pretty sure that this is either the best or one of the best companies that I've ever seen. And I've seen a lot of companies. So uh, I really wanted to invest, but yet again, company was super profitable. They didn't need my money. So usually in this situation, investors kind of try to stay in touch, give an advice, make introductions, so be helpful in any way, hoping that at some point maybe company will need money and that point you will be on top of the list. So, you know, fast forward maybe six months, uh, I gave them one more pitch, why, why should they take money from me? And they still, still didn't need it. So, you know, after, after a long conversation, uh, they actually said that even though they don't need my money, they think I would be helpful. And, uh, yeah, just kind of made an offer that was very hard to resist. So that's, that's how I joined SCM Rush. Um, if we, you know, talk about company story, it started, you know, back in 2008. Back then, it was product for SCM Competitive Intelligence, very small team, mostly focused on product, not not too many um, efforts in, in terms of marketing. So, so product was growing virally, organically, pretty much all the way till uh, 2012. At that point, we started expanding product offering, uh, adding new tools, um, you know, in, in SEM space, in content marketing space, um, at that point, we started seeing that SEO is pretty much impossible without content. And, um, you know, after that, we, we realized that, you know, marketing is much more complicated than just one channel. Uh, customers spend time across all sources. So you cannot think about your customer as someone who is coming from search or someone who is coming from social media. It is the same person who interacts with your content in search, on social media, you know, watch your videos on YouTube and so on. So, but, but this is the same person. And we wanted to, to give people a tool that will help businesses to connect with this potential customer across all the channels where a customer leaves. Um, and that's, that's, I think, where we are today in, you know, building this, this um, online visibility management platform. A lot of this is also about competitive intelligence because, you know, to understand where you want to be, where you need to go, you need to understand market trends, you need to understand what, what is achievable, what works for other people. Um, so, yeah, the way we see it, we have kind of this data core where we know online visibility profile of every business in the world. And then by aggregating this data, we can provide people really good insights about how they can improve their performance in each specific channel. Um, 
and and you know i can i can talk about business milestones and everything but yeah you know companies no, that, that's yeah that's <laughs> awesome so thanks so much for sharing that definitely a lot i want to unpack there but you know it was interesting so you know they didn't want the founders didn't want funding uh, at first and then eventually they changed their mind so like what made them change their mind from not wanting to raise and being profitable to actually raising money like that must have been quite the pitch you gave them so you know, there have to be good reason to take a dilution, right? So, For sure. Um, so before, you know, one of the, one of the ideas that, um, one of the reasons for me to join was that, um, you know, we can find new ways to spend money efficiently and grow faster. And uh, that was kind of first year of my, of my job at SCM Rush. So, so we were looking at, uh, things that we can do, you know, better uh, and grow faster. So we started investing a lot in digital marketing. We started investing a lot in sales teams, customer success teams, and uh, you know, even though, even even though we still were very very efficient and profitable, um, over time those those investments started you know requiring more and more money. Yet again, not to the point where we would burn anything, but to the point where to run next experiment, you need you need to spend million dollars, and then you know maybe this million dollars uh, will not you know maybe you will not recover this million dollars if the experiment is not successful. And uh, at that point, we kind of started realizing that if we if we just you know grow grow naturally without you know, attracting additional capital, we will continue growing, probably not as fast as we could because we would not be able to test a lot of things or, you know, at least not, not a lot of things simultaneously. Um, and that was kind of the main, the main reason to take, uh, to take additional financing to, to be able to run more experiments for a period of time. But also we, we, we really wanted to work with these people. That was also important part. And, uh, and our investors so far have been extremely supportive and helpful. Um, so I think that's, that's kind of the idea. All, you know, there are always opportunities for M&A. So, you know, it's also good to have some cash on a balance sheet to fund potential M&As. But that was, I, I wouldn't say that was a primary reason. Primary reason was that, you know, if we take a little bit money, uh, we can grow faster and, and, and um, exp- run more experiments and try more things. Nice. Makes sense. I'm curious, you mentioned just faster and growing faster a few times. Uh, like why do you think growing fast is more important than just, you know, growing slow and steady, like as a bootstrapped company, for example? Yeah. I mean, SaaS is not, you know, so I think, you know, growing let's get back to fundamentals so growing fast is is extremely important in markets or categories of products that have a sort of winner takes all idea so for example ride sharing you know you can have maybe two big ride sharing companies like uber and lyft in the united states and that's it there is no place for the third company uh, and, uh, you know, for social networks, the same, you have, you know, Facebook, you have, you have, uh, you know, Twitter, 
but then that that's kind of it. There are there are no other major. I mean, now we have Snapchat, but it's I wouldn't even call them social network in the classic sense. But but anyway, there are there are verticals of pro, of of products. There are categories of products where you know if if you want to get there, you need to grow as fast as possible, grab the market, and that's it. Now in software, it's it's less of a case. Market can be very fragmented, and some markets are very fragmented. But, you know, with one exclusion, if you want to be category-defining company, like if you actually want to build your, you know, the entirely new category, in this case, you also need to grow as fast as possible. Not because someone else will grab it, but because by the time you build your vision, this vision might be outdated. So, so that's, that's why you need to grow as fast as possible in some software categories. That makes sense. I, I agree with that. It, it would, you would put SCM rush in that sort of winner take all type of category where there's only room for a few, few competitors. I, th- I think, I think, you know, what, from what we see the, there is, you know, what we do, there is a room for a few competitors yeah. and, and there are, you know, for many different reasons, but, but market trends suggest that, yeah, pretty much, pretty much this is the case. Uh, makes there are there are there are a lot of new in our space there are a lot of new companies that are born uh, but they usually struggle to scale do you think it's it's like you know you mentioned there's a few companies that that go into the market like is it a big enough market where you know a newer smaller company can get their piece of the pie and still have you know be profitable make money good lifestyle business or is it not uh, right that this type is of market uh-huh yeah, this is such a big market that yeah, you can you can build something, sell it you know, something very niche, uh, and and sell it to you know maybe thousand customers and make you know a million dollars in revenue. And, uh, yeah, makes sense. And it all that, depends on what what, you, what you're going after. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, you can still build life, nice lifestyle business. I I know great guys who, for example, build um, very niche. Um, uh, let's say uh, technical SEO products, yeah. and there are only two people in the company, and they're great guys, very you know, super productive, super smart, know know what they're doing. So, and the, yeah, for them, it can be very good lifestyle business, and you know, we we'll, we we'll, we we'll, we like people who do it this way. Um, we're trying to help them if we can. But yeah, in general, uh, it's, it's, we, we don't see people scaling beyond certain, certain uh, revenue. revenue Got it. Makes sense. So uh, let's talk a bit, bit more about SEMrush and like what exactly you guys do. So like, you know, simplify it for like just the average uh, SaaS company, let's just say, wants to sign up for SEMrush, like what are they getting? So... In general, um, we try to make software as accessible as possible, and we try to help as many people as possible. So because of that, we have a freemium model. So technically, you can sign up. You'll get get a taste of almost everything we have for free. Uh, Now, there will be some usage limits. And if you you want to, you know, use products seriously, you'll have to eventually upgrade to premium, one of the premium plans. In premium plans, yet again, almost everything we have is available on the first plan with a couple exclusions, a couple more 
kind of premium features and, and first plan is $100 per month. So in, in, the, in this product, you get competitive intelligence. So you, you can under, understand how other people performing in, you know, in terms of search and content. Um, for a little bit more money, you can also, also get our traffic analytics product that tells you pretty much everything about their business, like including direct traffic, uh, you can you can uh, look at their top pages, try to understand their conversion rates. You can see all their traffic sources, you know, referral traffic sources. You can understand who is their affiliate and so on. So, and then we have uh, kind of vertical solutions um, that cover search engine optimization, pay per click, um, content marketing, and uh, digital PR. So. So that's, uh, and also social media. And, and then, you know, in, in all those areas, there will be uh, slightly different angles. Like, uh, you know, in SEO, we cover pretty much everything. In pay-per-click advertising, we, we focus more on competitive intelligence and keyword research. In social media, uh, we have competitive analytics and, um, and uh, you know, scheduling, like, like, you know, you know, software where you can schedule posting uh, across all your networks, uh, and then for content marketing, we also have kind of full uh, full cycle where we help you do everything from topic research uh, to keyword research. Then uh, after that, we give you content template. Um, then we help you to write actual uh, content. If you, if you want to do it yourself, we have Writing Assistant. It's a, it's a Google Docs plugin that, that you can you know, use to get you know, suggestions and analysis on demand, like as you write content. Uh, and we kind of score your content in four dimensions, uh, uniqueness, SEO optimization, uh, tone of voice, and uh, you know, readability. So... So you kind of, you know, if you, if you hit a perfect score, you get really good content, both for search engines and, you know, humans. Um, and then after that, if you, you know, if you don't want to write yourself, we also have a marketplace where we connect you with freelancers who will write content for you. And after content is ready and published, we track performance of this content. So, so yet again, very, um, very broad solution we, we try to cover pretty much everything and we every year we add in more and more stuff so yeah sounds like it, it is there a split between like a revenue model between like SaaS subscription and services or have you ever lost a potential customer because you weren't connected to that one random platform it's definitely happened to me. I recently came across a company called Data Automation. These folks are a must-have partner for a SaaS company. Instead of saying no and losing that potential customer due to a missing integration, you should reach out to the team at Data Automation. They're absolute whizzes in integrations and automations. They're Zapier certified app developers and very, very reasonably priced as well. Uh, check them out at dataautomation.com. That's dataautomation.com. Tell them Costa from FounderView sent you, and they'll definitely take care of you. Yeah, so vast majority of revenue is SaaS. Like, 
Yeah. Okay. So marketplace, you know, maybe eventually will be bigger um, because, uh, you know, we, we launched it only last year, I think in August. So, so it just was not enough time to be material percentage of revenue. But even in this case, we, we, you know, we recognize only very, very small commission that we take. The, The idea there is not to make money, but to help people, right, you know, get content. The big, the biggest problem that we discovered with keyword research is that people do keyword research and then do nothing with it. So they have all those keywords that they want to target. They know what they want to write about, but they don't have time. And also sometimes maybe, maybe they know, they know, you know, subjects, but they're not professional copywriters. So even if they write something, it's, it's sort of, you know, unprofessional, like, you know, good good example will be um, we have a company that 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 is um, they, they are experts in plumbing and and pipes and everything. So they know their stuff, but they cannot really write content. So that's, this product is kind of for them, for people who understand subject but, but don't want or cannot write content. Yeah. And I could see like a big opportunity there. I know you said it's not about necessarily making money, but providing like the value added service just to, so they can see results better. But um, yeah, I can definitely see that as a nice uh, potential for revenue for sure. Um, is there is there a primary like cohort of customer you help best, like small, medium enterprise or like category of customer you mentioned like plumbers. So Yet again, our idea is that um, our target audience is everyone who wants to get customers online. So nice. that's okay. pretty much everyone. And uh, yeah. <laughs> and you know we have we have mom and pop shops, we have bloggers, and then on the other side of the spectrum, we have twenty five percent of Fortune five hundred. We have seven out of top ten world's biggest advertisers so it's a it's a very diverse group of customers you know both in terms of size and verticals yet again idea is if if you want more customers online you you need this sort of product um and we're trying to make it as as you know affordable as possible yeah love it that's awesome so you what year when did you uh, get involved with scm rush roughly four years ago Four years ago, and they they've been around since. Uh, did you say 2012 or? No, 2008. But 2008. I, I think, okay. Yeah, pro- product was around since 2008, but I think you know till 2012 it was was more like lifestyle thing. Got it. Um, got it. And what's the what's the team size today? Over 800 people. Oh wow. Okay. Is there um? Where's the headquarters? Where's everyone uh, like worldwide yeah. or? So we, yeah, we have we have quite a global team uh, because our user base is very global. So we, you know we have customers in 180 countries, uh, but headquarters is in Boston. We have, okay, cool. we have three other offices in United, or two other offices in the United States, and three offices in Europe. And we have a couple of people, you know, in Australia, in India, and you know here and there. But there are no big offices there. Nice. How big was the team when when you got involved? few years ago um 
I, I'll need to check. I think, you know, around 150, slightly over 150. Oh, wow. So huge growth since you got in. Okay. Um, yeah. do you share, do you share revenue numbers at all or? No, we, we, we do not. And, and, you know, my lawyers were very specific about <laughs> Fair not enough. doing this. Nice. Nice. Um, all right, perfect. Um, one thing you mentioned, uh, you know, earlier on in your intro and how you got involved with SCM Rush is, um, you know, one of your one of your sort of pitches or suggestions you can say was, you know, we can find new ways to spend more money efficiently and grow faster. Um, I'd love to just try and break that down. So, like, what exactly like did you do in your case, or like, what do you suggest companies can do today in general? I know the marketing landscape has changed from even like a few years ago to today. So in your opinion, like what are some of the, the most efficient ways to spend money on and grow? So I think, you know, there is no universal advice, but I think at least, at least from, from what we see, what, what really works, um, You know, if if you if you have so let's let's go a couple of years back. So when market was slightly less saturated, it kind of was enough to have really good products, and then people will share it. A lot of people will write about it, so you could get some visibility for free. So a lot of market marketing related tasks were just just communicating the value of the product, getting the word out there, and and that 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 kind of worked for for a long period of time. And I think now the problem is most most of markets and software are extremely saturated. And uh, if you think about your you know your potential customer how life of this person changed. Um, you know, this person spends a lot of time online, more time than this person should spend online. And more and more businesses compete for this limited amount of attention. So now you need, you know, it's not enough to have great products. You need to have great product and great communication strategy that can break through through you know this noise. And I think because of this, what we're seeing now is, you know, if if previously an SEM rush kind of pretty much followed this playbook, it was product first business, and you know we are still product first business, but we already have a huge brand. But I think if you don't have huge brand and you're just starting, then being product first or, you know, have this, you know, all, all product led growth bells and whistles will not, will not make it anymore. So what we are seeing now is that people who win, they have a combination of great product and great communication strategy for this product. A good example would be companies like monday.com. So if you look at their product, you know, it's a good product, very, very well built, you know, very nice user experience, but otherwise it's, you know, it's easy to replicate, but where they really win is their communication strategy. So I think we are shifting from, from this product led growth playbook to uh, product marketing led growth 
playbook, where product is must have, but what really gets job done is is a product marketing. Uh, you know, I I love how you, you broke that down with, uh, you know, being less saturated years ago to today. Most companies or most industries very saturated. And you're, you're, I agree 100% with everything you said. I mean, there's there's so much noise now. People are being bombarded and consuming so much uh, nonstop information. So, like, yeah, to, to capture someone's attention through all that noise, uh, very difficult. Um so like, I'd love to break that down even further. Like what are some ways to, and I know this is probably impossible to even answer, but you know, what are some ways to, to capture someone's attention? Like what are some of the best channels, mediums you're seeing? So yet again, we, we have to identify the way I would approach this. Um, I would, you know, identify companies that are successful in doing this. In my example, you know, we can we can look at what let's say SEM Rush is doing successfully, or you know what S, uh, what you know Monday.com is doing successfully, or what is Slack doing successfully, and um, and try to understand if, if if this will work for you as well. So, in case of Monday.com, I think what what exceptional is how they figured out video advertising, uh, how successful they are in in what they do on YouTube. Um, is it something that will work for everyone? Hard to say, but it's definitely something that will work for most of productivity companies that operate in the same price range. Now, if you look at what SEMrush is doing, um, we actually, uh, you know, in terms of product marketing, we actually working a lot with opinion leaders. We doing a lot of offline events because the way we see it is traditional opinion leadership marketing where you know you make some connections to social media and, and you expect them to do something just not not going to work you actually need to build you know genuine relationship with people you, you actually need to earn their respect you cannot buy it you you cannot do anything to you know to to get it without earning it so so we are doing, for example, a lot of offline events where we actually meet with people, where, where our product people meet with uh, opinion leaders, um, where, where we take feedback from them about our product and build features based on their feedback. So, so those are things that we do. But uh, yet again, that would be very um, you know, unique and individual uh, based on what vertical I mean. Uh, and, and my suggestion, look at what other people are doing. If they're doing this a lot, they're probably successful. And then think if it will work for you as well. Um, yeah. yet, yet again, if you, if you want very general advice, I think content marketing is still very good. Uh, search engine optimization is still very good as, as a tactic. Um, and then social media, not very good at all. Like there is no organic reach anymore, but... Uh, Facebook groups are quite good. So, yet again, tactically, uh, without knowing anyone's business, I would suggest to look at those three buckets. Love it, love it. Great advice there for sure. I wanted to uh, try and um, dive into like what you guys, SEM Rush, are doing today. Like, you know, you mentioned like working with opinion leaders and offline events. Any other, like, it, what's the growth channel today if you can identify? maybe one or two that's driving the bulk of the leads and sales. So 
so that's a great question because like uh, three, four years ago, we realized that yet again, I, I don't know if it will be the case for everyone, but for us, and I think for a lot of B2B software companies, um, the, the problem would be that you have multi-channel funnel. It's, it's, it's not like someone is going to, you know, click on your article and instantly buy something. No, <laughs> this is just the first step of the funnel. And after that, you think, okay, so how, how do I interact more with this person? Uh, what, 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 what are the questions this person has? Uh, how, how do I catch attention? And then eventually maybe you send ebook. Uh, not send, but you know, you start advertising ebook. And then maybe they download ebook and now you have their email. And then you start sending more materials depending on how they interacted with your previous materials. And um, that's how we see the funnel. It's, 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 it has multiple touch points. On average, we have four, five, six touch points before someone makes a buying decision. Um, so, and I think that would be the case for a vast majority of SaaS companies. That's, that's, I think, the problem that a lot of marketers have. They still think about channel, but they need to think about person. And the reason they, you know, they don't think about person, it's hard to capture the same person across different channels. But, you know, yet again, it doesn't mean you, you don't need to think about how to do that. Love that. Makes sense. Um, so, so content marketing, you mentioned, obviously that's, um, that's a key, key strategy. Um, do you have a defined content strategy in terms of like how many, how many pieces of content you put out a week, a month or like long form, short form? What does that look like? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, at, at, th- at this scale, everything have to be planned. Uh, so we, we optimize content for, you know, also multiple channels. Uh, we, we try to execute it more like a campaign. So we talk about more or less the same thing across, uh, you know, different channels, but, but at the same time, we, we try to adopt content for, for those channels. For example, we can do a big research and publish it. And then text itself will be optimized for search engines, you know, for search engines, for specific keywords. Uh, what we publish uh, in social media will be different depending on social media. So, so for Facebook, maybe we do a short video. For Twitter, maybe we do infographics and so on. And then uh, for YouTube, we, we do maybe also video, but a little bit longer than one for Facebook. So, so you use more or less the same idea, the same, the same big piece of content, but you slice it and adopt it to different uh, communication mediums. Um, that, that's kind of how we approach this, but, but yeah, we, we, we have plans for content, we have, you know, for campaigns and we have specifically, um, you know, roadmaps for, you know, webinars and other forms of content. So, so nice. So for, for companies that, that obviously aren't as big as SCM Rush, or don't have like the money or the resources to, to have like all these defined, um, content strategies and like tweaking it per per, uh, you know, channel, um, what would you suggest for, for those smaller companies who just need to put out content? Like, are there any, um, key like starting points? Like for example, at least put out content that's like a thousand words or more, you know, very, on a very, very basic level. So 
First of all, this is one one of the features that we have. Yeah, technically, we we help people to understand what content will get traction. But in general, my suggestion is just start, uh, build discipline, and over time you will discover what's working, what's not working. Uh, it's it's you know a, lo a lot of a lot of this is trial and error. Uh, software can point you in the, in the right in the right direction, but you still need to make a walk. So. Um, you know, I would say don't go for very competitive topics. Don't go for, let's say, keywords with highest volume. They're probably already taken. Um, but, you know, find your niche, something that is interesting for your target audience. Write a lot about it. Uh, make content, you know, aim for quality. Um, make content of the highest quality in the topic and then reach out to experts, uh, you know, to get their opinion and maybe mention your, your content in their content, get some links. Uh, that's, that's how I would start. Yeah. Just got to start, build discipline. And then like, I like what you said there. So over time, you'll, you'll sort of figure it out. Um, any think, other, I, you know, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, I think that, that that's a very important point that you said. Uh, it's, it's, it's very psychological people in marketing, they expect, you know, or they, they were trained to expect immediate results. Like everything that doesn't show traction immediately is not worthy. So, the, you know, <laughs> very soon, nothing will, will, will bring fast results. Not even things like AdWords and everything. AdWords is getting more and more expensive. Everything's getting more and more expensive. The, the problem is, is very fundamental. Number of eyeballs is, is limited commodity in a way, and, and marketing budget, budgets continue skyrocketing. And, the, and that will only accelerate as, as uh, you know, big brands notice that digital is better than TV. So they're switching their budget, or at least they're not allocating more money into TV, they're moving it to digital. So there are going to be no quick wins, but discipline... And, and understanding that great things worth waiting, uh, I think that that would eventually, um, you know, help a lot of people. Uh, I think marketing is getting much more into marathon than, than in the sprint direction. Yeah, I love it. That's a good point. Um, do you do any other um, sort of marketing channels like, uh, like outbound sales or like page strategies? So yeah, like outbound sales, I you know I don't like it in general. I think this is very intrusive. It, 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 may, it maybe works for kind of pure enterprise businesses, but I think you know in uh, in in what we do, so large scale, large volumes, um, we want to first generate demand, and then we use salespeople only when customers need it, like. You know, maybe they need some onboarding. Maybe they don't understand something. Maybe they're not using something properly. Uh, maybe they need something custom. Like in those cases, yeah, we engage with sales, so we have quite a big sales team. But but they work with you know bigger customers who need something you know special who want to talk to someone. Maybe you know maybe they want someone to come to their office, train train their teams, and so on. Uh, for for a small business. Um, we understand we need to, you know, earn their trust, earn their respects, 
explain them where is the value and we should not be, you know, just bombarding them with, uh, with the unsolicited <laughs> calls or whatever. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, no, it, that was a, that was such a great breakdown on marketing. Uh, I think a lot of people are just going to be rewinding the last, uh, <laughs> 20 minutes or so there, but um, I do want to switch gears a little bit. I, I know a big focus of yours is on uh, metrics and optimizing metrics. Um, and I, I know this probably changes from time to time, but like, what are the two or three main metrics you're focusing on like right now for SEM rush? So pretty, pretty much, pretty much the same metrics uh, that any other, SaaS company will will be looking at, uh, you know, number one is revenue growth. So the second one is is retention metric, and it, it, there are many many different retention metrics. I think every business should choose which metric to track. Um, you know, we we look at six different retention metrics. So I would not bother every everyone with, with explanation of what exactly we track on the retention side, but for, for an average business, I think, you know, and things like annual revenue retention is, is a must have, um, you know, things like third month retention is a must have. If you have freemium product, then understanding how three cohorts convert into new paying customers, uh, we, we also like, for example, to look at cohorts on the registration day um, attribution. So, so there we can see how people convert over time. Um, and, and, and it really helps you understand business better because sometimes some people, you know, they convert instantly and then maybe drop at some point. And then you have in the same registration cohort, you have new people who are buying products. And then maybe you have people who churn and then return and so on. So that gives you better perspective, I think. Uh, but yet again, it would be very unique for every business. And then, um, you know, in terms of profitability, uh, we monitor, you know, things like free cash flow, obviously, and unit economics. And, and you, you can measure unit economics on many, many different levels with, with different breakdowns. Um, you know, can think about, you know, margin profile on different levels, for, like from cross profit margin, contribution margin, to breaking down, you know, uh, acquisition channels and so on. So we, we try to slice it as much as possible, but you know, yet again, would be very different for different businesses. Um, I think those are kind of three main things. So how fast you grow, how well you retain and expand your customers, and then in your customer acquisition. Is, is it healthy? Are you, are you making money on every unit you sell? So, and, and if yes, then how much money? And then, yet again, do you take into account all the things? For example, we have views that say, okay, if we include, uh, you know, only salaries for salespeople, that's one number. But if we start including things like overhead, I mean, because you need computers, you need real estate where people stay. So, and, and, and work. So if you start adding those things, is it the same number or not? And, and we, we try to look at unit economics on the very different levels. That makes sense. Um, you know, there's so many ways, like you mentioned, to like slice down and break down metrics. So you can get very, very granular. Uh, do you think um, it's ever a case of just like, you know, analysis paralysis type of thing, where it's just like there's so much coming at you 
Um, you know, so, so yeah. you think that could be a problem? Um, oh, absolutely. So, so our approach, and yet again, I don't know if it's going to work for everyone, but you know, we have a big team of data analytics and their job is to make it it's possible to slice data in any possible way, but it doesn't mean we look at everything every single day. So for, you know, for a daily reporting, for example, let's say we look at, you know, six, seven, eight different things. And that's it for monthly, it's a little bit longer, but still it's maybe, you know, two hours a month to review monthly metrics, monthly performance. So, so you're right. But to get there, to, to know what you want to monitor, you need to look at everything and then choose things that actually make sense. Sometimes before you look at some metric, you don't know if it's actually makes sense. You first need to calculate it. Yeah, but yet sure. again, not every, not every company have a luxury of having big data analytics team. So in their case, they would probably have to pick up front what, what they need to track. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, what's the, what would you say is the one metric uh, you think SEMrush has the biggest opportunity to improve? or that isn't doing as, as well as you'd want it to, for example? Um, I think I'm still not happy with our user acquisition. I, I think we still could do, even, even though like absolute number is amazing, we're probably adding more new customers that, you know, uh, you know, almost any company that operates in this price segment in our space. Uh, I mean, in general, markets and technology space, um, but but still, um, I feel we could do better. I think I think still many many people don't know that that we exist. Many people still don't know how they can benefit from our products. So, if it was one metric that I you know think we could do better, I think this is you know still user acquisition. I, I think retention numbers. Over the last four years, we invested a lot there. I think they improved dramatically uh, to the point where it's very hard to push them further uh, at this price range. Um, and then, um, you know, efficiency, yet again, we, we are very, we're still very, very lean, very efficient. Nice. Um, question I have that like you brought up user acquisition. Like I'm sure you're someone who's constantly looking at new avenues and new channels to tap into. Um, I don't know if you even want to share this cause it sort of uh, might defeat the purpose, but it, it, do you think there's any sort of under tapped under utilized channels that are still, um, cheap, you can say, or, or not as expensive as like, you know, social ads that, that a lot of companies, uh, haven't found out about yet. Um, yeah, I mean, pr pr pretty much, you know, a lot of things that I said already are things that we are actively considering. And, you know, I, I mentioned Monday.com, for example, a couple of times for a reason. We actually, uh, you know, looking at their success and we're thinking how we can do something very similar, uh, in, uh, in YouTube. So I think YouTube is a huge opportunity for SaaS if you figure out how to do this right. Uh, it's, you know, it's not just for consumer brands. Yeah. Makes sense. Perfect. Um, another question I had, you know, oh, I see but, but, yeah, oh, by, by the way, by the way, um, and another thing in here, yeah, I don't know if it's obvious or not, but, and I'm trying not to say things that, you know, obvious for me, but they might be not obvious for some other people. So, um, 
in terms of social networks, I also very much recommend uh, LinkedIn. I think mm-hmm. out of all social networks, this is last remaining network where you have any sort of organic reach. I agree. That's for sure. Um, all right. Perfect. You know, another thing I wanted to ask, you know, SEM Rush is, you know, such a big company, obviously 800 plus employees you mentioned. Um, how do you, how do you guys maintain like a cohesiveness and just make sure everyone is aligned and on the same page and just like beating on the same drum, marching towards the same vision? Like, how do you guys do that? Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's a very good question. And, um, I think the, you know, I, I can, I can start talking a lot about, you know, specific frameworks that we use and how we, how we build an organization that, that is very flat. And we, we, you know, we trying to uh, give people as much, you know, power and responsibility to make their own decisions as possible to, to, you know, make sure there are less deadlocks, there are less dependencies on leadership team decisions. But, you know, that's what we are doing. But reality is, I don't think that we, you know, polish this system to perfection. And I don't think anyone did. And if I, by the way, if I knew a good solution, uh, I think, you know, we would have, uh, yeah, if we knew, I think if we knew solution, we would probably spin off another business to teach other companies to do that. <laughs> uh, but rea- reality is, is, is yet again, very case by case, very unique and, um, and depends on the, the type of the business. So in our case, for example, uh, we needed to build a product with, you know, that covers many, many different aspects of marketing. And we needed this, you know, to be done in a relatively short period of time. So, um, you know, we needed the, them to work simultaneously on multiple different things. So we broke down company into what we call galaxies because we like to think that every person is a star. And um, and those galaxies, they they um, they in charge of specific areas of product like you know, search engine optimization, pay per click advertising, social media, and so on. And then within those galaxies, there are teams uh, that kind of work uh, independently on certain parts of the product. And then we have um, also marketing people that work specifically with this, with this, uh, you know, galaxies to synchronize ac- uh, efforts across marketing channels. And then you know other parts of organization, like for example, our marketing is also very. Um, you know, independent, very flat in a way that we have functional teams, uh, we have regional teams, but they're all kind of on the same level. Um, There are, you know, some some ways to synchronize them, like, you know, regular meetings and so on. But, um, you know, we try to give everyone as much freedom as possible. And then on a company level, uh, we looked at many different, different frameworks like you know we looked at okrs we we tried to implement them for two years uh, and you know it worked kinda but not not in a way we wanted it to work uh so right now 
the most recent re recent thing that we uh, we have implemented uh, called Rhythm. It was pioneered by a company called Spotify. Uh, we are one year into this, and so far it seems better than everything else we tried. But yet again, that's interesting. A, a, um, a couple other people I've spoken to on the podcast has mentioned the same method. Do you mind like breaking it down, like very mm -hmm. simply, like what what exactly it is? So yeah, idea is very simple. You identify few extremely important things for the business and you call them north stars and then for for every such thing you create list of bets and then bet itself um has you know information about why you want this this bet is important for this specific uh, goal then it tells what sort of resources you need to apply uh, resources can be from multiple different teams. For example, in our case, some bets have 16 teams contributing to this bet. So, so it's, you know, it, it, it encourages cross, um, cross team collaboration and cross department collaboration. And, um, lastly, you have, uh, you have some, some expected outcome and you have scenarios like if, if outcome is, it's good. Like if we can reach this outcome, if we if we can reach our goal, then we do X. If we cannot, we do something different. You know, maybe we close the bet. Maybe we we do another iteration and so on. But uh, that that's kind of you know in a nutshell what bet is. And then for every star, you have uh, you no, know, you know four or five bets. You know probably in a bigger company you can have more, but you know in our case four or five bets. Um, and, and, you know, you, you try to have bets that uh, can be done in a quarter. If, if you're working on something bigger, you probably break it down to several bets. Um, yet again, this is how we do this. I think there are, you know, there is no kind of gold standard. Uh, but we, we feel this is so far the best framework we tried. And we tried, like, pretty much everything we could. <laughs> we could. Yeah. Uh, so, so the the... The reason I think this is the best framework uh, is the hard part when company gets really, really big, it's very hard to encourage cross-team collaboration. Everyone has own, own goals, uh, own areas of responsibility. They don't want other people to get involved and they don't want to help other people achieve their goals. So by having this specific North Stars for the whole company, you unite people around common goals. And I think that's why it's better than, you know, other frameworks for, for a big company, for a small company. I don't think this is necessary. Yeah. Love it. Thanks so much for, for sharing that. Um, you know, this might be a tough one for you to answer because it usually is with everyone, but you know, as an exec at a, at a big SaaS company, very successful SaaS company, what does a typical day look like for you? So, yeah, I mean, I, I can tell you what I'm aiming for, but uh, honestly, I'm not like sitting with a, with a, with a stopwatch and, and uh, you know, measuring time that I spend on everything. So I, I would not know for sure how exactly I spend my time, but in terms of what, I, what I'm trying to achieve, 
I like the the way uh, Jeff Bezos in some of his interviews uh, explain what how he, he sees his role. So the the reality is in a, in a big company, if you're if you're an executive, uh, you really paid a lot, but you you know you're not the best developer, you're not best content writer, you're not the best marketer. So you're not quite good in, in any practical way. So the, the question is, so, you know, if you paid that much money, like what for? And I think the answer is, in general, executives are paid for thinking. In a way, executives are paid for making very low number of very high quality decisions. And, you know, that's kind of what I'm trying to achieve. Now, in reality, like I still have like this internal analyst in me, so I do a lot of analytics. Um, I still have you know, some sort of internal sales in me, so I, you know I work with big you know clients with major partners. Um, yeah, but you know, in general, what I try to achieve, I, I try to spend thirty percent of time pretty much thinking like how how to do certain things better, how to improve business. But, you know, just, just being alone and thinking, I spend roughly 30% of time running different internal projects uh, where I'm involved, either as a manager or as a resource. And then um, I spend remaining like 30% of time on uh, communications with people outside of the company, partners, uh, you know, potential m targets, vendors, and so on. So that's, you know... In a nutshell, what I'm trying to achieve, but yet again, I'm not measuring with a stopwatch. So, so maybe, yeah. <laughs> maybe my perception is completely wrong. Maybe I'm doing something else. No, that, that's, that's awesome. Thanks so much for sharing that. Um, Eugene, I do want to be mindful of your time here. Uh, I do end off each chat with what I call the founders three. You ready? Absolutely. All right. Number one, your favorite business book. So does is it okay if I'm not reading books? Like, I mean, I'm listening to them, but yeah, yeah, whatever. Sure. Does it kind? Okay. <laughs> so, so, okay. So my, my, if, if we talk about business book, my favorite business book is intelligent investor. Nice. Nice. That's a good one. Uh, so you, so you, you just do audio books then? Yes. I, I nice. do all, only audio books at this point. The intelligent, that must be like a long audio book. No. Very long, yes. <laughs> uh, number two, your favorite vacation spot? Um, nothing, nothing extraordinary. Um, I like Tenerife. It's uh, you know, it's it's uh, you know where is it? it's it's uh, one of the uh, Canary Islands. Nice, nice, perfect. Um, and lastly, if you can go back, what's the one thing you wish you knew when you were just starting out in business? Um, I think, you know, if, if you feel, if you feel that you're a smartest person in the room, probably you're in the wrong room. Mm, I like that one. Nice. Awesome. Well, uh, it's a great way to end off the chat, Eugene. You know, this was, this was amazing. It's a great chat. So many valuable insights. I'm sure so many people are going to find this like extremely useful, um, so thank you so much for sharing your expertise and just taking the time to chat with me today. I, I really do appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much. Hope it will be uh, helpful to people. <laughs> I have no <laughs> doubt. Oh, at, least, 
or at least entertaining. Hundred <laughs> percent. I hope we can do this again sometime. Thank you so much. Likewise. Thank you. Thank you, Gene. Thank you so much for listening. If you have any comments, questions, or suggestions, I would love to hear it. Be sure to check out founderviews.com for my latest posts and episodes on my journey with everything SaaS, business, and startups. Talk to you later. Peace.